21 days of prayer and fasting with the word advance. Just really the Lord has put on our heart a word for our church. And uh, I had ideas of preaching something like that would be very helpful to you uh, in your everyday practical life. But no matter how hard I try to get that prepared, I just continue to feel like this is the message that I feel like the Lord has for us. And so last week we talked about the advancer, the Holy Spirit. Like we all love the idea of advancing. Everyone understands I need to move forward. I need to grow. I need to mature. All these different things. And we've known that for a long time, but we're staying in the same position forever. It's not because we don't know. It's just because we don't have the power. We don't have the power to push through some of those old patterns. We don't have the power to break through some of those old habits, some of those leanings, some of those tendencies. And so today, I'm going to continue to talk about advancing. And I definitely believe that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, He begins to change how we see things. So it's one thing to see what your next step is. And a lot of times we want to see what it is. But I want to talk to you today about not just what you see, but how you see it. Because if you don't see it right, you'll misinterpret it. If you don't see it right, you won't necessarily walk in it. And, and here's the thing. I was thinking about this earlier this morning. There are a lot of things that God has promised that he would give us that we have written down on our dream board. And so now it's become a dream, like it's that for to reach. Really, when it's not a dream, it's really a reality. But in order to achieve, in order to walk in, in order to experience that blessing, that promise of God, usually it means a change that must take place in me. And I want you to, real quick, before we jump into the, the, the scripture this morning, I want you to look at your neighbor, and you're going to have to pre help me preach this a little bit today, because they may not believe it when I say it, but you may have to tell them they may believe you. I want you to tell them the change begins with me. Look at your neighbor right now and tell them the change begins with me. That was weak. That was so weak. That was so weak. Some of you are afraid that if you tell your spouse that, that means you got to do all kinds of stuff around the house now. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them the change begins with me. That was better. I better preach good because y'all just ain't feeling it today. I don't know what's going on. Numbers chapter 13, verse 25. Some of you have read the Bible for a long time. You have never read the book of Numbers. And that's okay because there's a lot of stuff in the book of Numbers that is just like, you know what I'm saying? Anybody ever tried reading the book of Numbers and you moved on to like Psalms? <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Numbers 13. Here we go, verse 25. It says, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. Now, I know you hear words and names like that and you check out. Hang in there, okay? Don't worry about pronouncing them. Just listen to them, okay? They reported to the whole community that they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. And this was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. And so they present what they found in this promised land to Moses. And they're bragging about how incredible it is. They're talking about the promise of God and how awesome it is. Like, this is the promise of God. We have seen it with our own eyes. It is amazing. 
But I want you to see something in verse 28. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, the Amorites, and all the otherites, whatever you want to call them, they live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. So they're telling them, look, we saw this incredible land, and we saw all that it has to offer, and that is amazing, but I want to be realistic about this. Because at the same time we saw the blessings, there's problems there. There's a lot of problems. There's these people. And I don't, I don't do life with these kinds of people. And none of us want to deal with these kind of people. But you all need to know these people are there. So watch this in verse 30. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Listen to what he says right here. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Like his report is completely different. He's like, ah, oh, I saw all of that. Let's go do this, baby. Let's go get it. And other guy's like, you don't know, though. There's problems there. And he's like, we can do this. We can take it. So watch this, verse 31. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. Time out. Promise of God right there. Let's go see it. I fasted 21 days and the Lord showed me all of this stuff. It is amazing. But now that the fast is over, Pastor Way, it is hard. You don't understand, Pastor Way. It is hard. People are getting on my nerves. I want to do things to them. I want to say things to them and get away with it, but I can't. It's hard. These people, they make it so hard for me to experience all of God's blessings. You don't understand my husband. He makes it so hard for us. You don't understand my wife. He makes, she makes it so hard. My children just make it so hard for us to walk in the promises. And so we're just going to hold off on it for a season. We're going to put it on a shelf for the season because it's just too much right now. Am I preaching to anybody today? So watch this, verse 32. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. Like they're just giving them the fact. Listen, yeah, I know you saw all the fruit of the land, but let me just give you some facts before you get too excited about it. There's some bad people there, some bad boys. They're really bad. Like they were huge. Everybody was huge. Even the kids were huge. All of them, babies were massive, huge, just big, large children, large people, all the people. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Watch this. I want you to pay attention to this verse. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and I want you to see this last part, and that's what they thought too. How did they know that's what they thought? Did they go ask them, hey, what do you think about us? Grasshoppers, grasshopper, grasshopper. Gotcha. Perspective. Perspective. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. There's something in this scripture today that you want to speak to our hearts. I just pray right now, Lord, that even though we understand 
that there are things that we must conquer. It does not change your promises. It does not change your plans. It does not change any of that. So, Lord, today, my prayer is that as we're sitting in this room and these words are shared, that our perspective will change. That those things that we have allowed to become manipulators, things that are fearful, that we have allowed to manipulate how we progress. Father, I pray today that we will see what your word says and open our eyes to the possibilities of what you can do rather than all of the problems that we see facing us. Lord, I just pray for breakthrough today, to break through mindsets, patterns of thinking, old habitual thinking, all these different thought processes that we've developed through failures in our lives, through struggles in our lives, things that have now become our identity because we we went through it so much and because I went through it, everybody else got to go through it in order to earn their way. Lord, today I'm praying that there will be breakthrough, all of these kinds of mindsets so that we can know your power and know what you're able to do in our lives every day. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. In this verse 30 is such a readiness there. And I love it because when Caleb says, let's go and take the land, we can certainly conquer it. Like, that's the kind of guy I want to be. Am I right? Like, whenever there is a situation that comes up in life, no matter how challenging it may be, don't you want to be the kind of person that even though you have analyzed the situation, you want to have the kind of faith that says, Let's do this. We can conquer it. I know we're dealing with some things financially. That's okay. We can conquer it. Listen, son, I know you're going through some things with this class, but that's okay because you're a smart kid. You've got a good education. We're going to help you to get through it. You can conquer it. Amen? Isn't that the kind of person that we want to be? I think that's how we want to be wired, but that's not necessarily how we're wired. Then you go to verse 31. And it begins to sound like, watch this, the same old perspective that has kept them wandering and wondering in the wilderness for 40 years. Keep in mind, this was a short distance from Egypt to the promised land. We're only talking about 20, 30 miles, and it's taken them 40 years, and they still haven't stepped into the promise. Was it a geographical situation? No. Was it that they didn't have the energy to go any further? No, because they just kept going around in circles after circles for years and years. Was it any of those things? Was it that they had bad directions? No, it was none of the above. It was how they were thinking that kept them going in circles for so long. And there is a possibility that your thinking is keeping you going in circles. And that's why we're getting sick. Because we're circling so much. We're sick to our stomach. That's why we don't even know direction. Remember that game where they blindfold you at the birthday party and they spin you around about six times. What did it pin the tail on the donkey? Something like that. They probably updated it because that's probably not politically correct anymore. I don't know what they call it anymore. But you know what I'm saying? You can't say that anymore. And I didn't mean to, so forgive me. Okay, I don't want your feelings to be hurt. But anyway, they spin you around a bunch of times and you're blindfolded. And and so you ever tried it before? And you're there and it's over there, but you're like this. But the target's over there. This is what seems to happen to us. We see it, but we're so drunk. We're so cyclical that we see it, but it's like, I'm trying to get there, but I can't. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever tried that like financially before? I feel like that's a good one to talk about. Financially, you come up with your plan beginning of the year. Dave Ramsey, come on. Financial Peace University. Let's snowball this thing. Am I right? And nobody told you that the washer and the dryer was going to go out. Way before you even got your emergency fund saved up. Come on, somebody. And then you got an email that says you owe this fee for this class. I know that doesn't happen to anybody else. Started out with the right idea, but because we've been cycling, it's like I got to get over there, but I'm just stumbling over here. Let me set this up for you. So Moses, Moses is like big time leader in the Old Testament, okay? So they're progressing towards this promised land. Before they get there, he wants to check it out. You don't bring millions of people in and fight a battle with millions of people. You send a few to kind of know what we're about to do. That way, if we've got to pull out the big guns, the kids don't have to see all of that. Y'all following? So these spies go into the land to see what it's looking like. And so they go, watch this. He sends the spies into the promised land to see what it looks like. This is what I thought. Many people will search the Bible for promised scriptures. They will sing promised songs and pray promised prayers, but they will never enter the promised land. This is so key because there's a lot of you, a lot of people that get the refrigerator magnet verse. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you a Hope and a future. Some of y'all need that refrigerator magnet at your house because you don't know the verse. Your kids probably do. And so we're just sitting there saying, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to give you hope and a future. Woo, baby, good plans. God's got a good plan for my life. How's your life going? Just terrible. What's going on? We've just been up against it. I thought God had good plan. Amen, I believe it. When are you going to step into it? In God's time. So what's going on right now? I'm just in a tough season. Well, what kind of season are you in? It's just really trying. So what are you going to do about it? I'm just going to faithfully endure. How are you going to advance? God's going to open a door. Are you, are, you, are you following this today? Because I'm just using the stuff that we say. Play that song again, worship team. I'm going to see a victory, and I see the potential for victory, but I also know where I stand. And there's a gap between those two. Anybody feeling it today? Like, I believe it, but I ain't living it. And I get mad when I see other people living it because who do they think they are getting in the promised land ahead of me? They don't even fight. One day, it's all going to end for them. They're going to see this becomes our mindset. Get upset because other people are blessed. They just think they're better than everybody. No, that's not what it is. Perhaps it's a perspective. See, 12 of these guys go into the promised land to check it out. They all had an experience. They saw the beauty of it. They saw that, hey, these are the type of living conditions that would be so conducive to our life. Like, this is where we would love to be able to live. It's in the cards. It's the promise of God. Man, that is amazing. What an experience. This is all 12 of them. But watch this. Ten of them have an experience. But they also have a perspective 
that made them believe that this promise was more difficult to attain, watch this, than a return to captivity. They started saying things like this. It's better just to go back to Egypt and be slaves than it is to fight for the promise of God. It's easier for us just to go back and just, hey, at least we don't have to worry about meals. At least we don't have to worry about where we're going to stay. At least we don't have to worry about any of that because it's all taken care of for us. And so let's just go back because I don't want to deal with this because, hey, you know what we got there? We've got security there. So let's go to security rather than step into the promise. So they came up with this theory. And their perspective said that we look like grasshoppers in the sights of giants in the promised land. Of all things to describe yourself, they use grasshoppers. That's a pest. That's a bug. I step on you. I crush you, bug. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, anyway, I have a problem with that. Like, i got to come up with something than a grasshopper if we're going to talk like this. So their perspective showed them the problem, even though they saw the possibility. How many problem solvers in here? Come on, raise your hand. How many problem solvers? You already found a problem with this service three times. You saw me fooling with this. You're like, somebody needs to fix that. We know, okay? We know. I'm a problem solver too. Here's the problem with problem solvers. And I can say this. I'm saying this about me, so don't take it personal. I'm offended. They talk about me in church. No, I'm talking about me. Here's the problem with problem solvers. It's so easy to find what's wrong. And watch this. Everybody who's not a problem solver, they can always solve the problems of the problem solvers. That blows my mind, by the way. That might be a rant, but anyway, I'm inserting it in there because some of y'all think you can solve us, and you can't. We're unsolvable. <laughs> but what your problem is, anyway, let's not go there. <laughs> God, that was good. That was good. Let's behave. Let's get back to the sermon. We're so wired to see the things that are wrong because, watch this, we want to make it right. That it's hard to identify the things that are right. Some of that, honestly, comes from fear afraid of things going wrong so let me prevent it from going wrong by making it right before it goes wrong okay don't judge the problem solvers you have lights today because somebody solved the problem okay just just want to say that because when you start talking like this everybody just jumps on the backs of the problem solvers and tell them leave us alone we're helping you But it does create an issue because it, it is possible to see all of these problems and become overwhelmed with them and not have the faith to fix it because it's so much. I feel like that was happening here. And the hard part of this was not just that they identified the problem, but watch this. I need you to grab this today. They began to allow the problem to identify them. They saw the giants there. I think Caleb and Joshua saw the giants there. 
their response was, let's go take them out. We can take this land. The other ten, they saw the problem, but instead of making a declaration of faith right there, they submitted to the problem and allowed it to now identify them. And so they said, we look like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. So watch how this works. We look at people, and we see what they're doing. We see their success. We see them taking steps. And because they may be achieving something, we automatically assuming that they are thinking down on us because we're not at that level. Come on, just come with me for a moment. They just think this about me. They don't even know what I'm able to do. This happens at work. This happens with your supervisors. This happens with the people that you're working with and you're working for. If they really knew what I could do, they would give me an opportunity. Like those are the things that we think. But what if they're not giving you the opportunity because they see that you don't have the character to sustain you in that role? Like this is real stuff. And a lot of times it's like just inspire me, Pastor Ray. And I want you to be inspired, but also want you to understand that God has to change us in order for us to walk in all the plans and promises that he has for us. Amen? And you cannot go the way that you are. You cannot. And we just want this thing to happen like we're going on a trip. Let's go to Disney and let's ride the rides. And there are no lines and we don't need Fast Pass because we are VIP because I'm living in the promise of God. Come on. Like when we tell our kids we're taking them to Disney, we don't tell them about the long lines. Right? If you've never been, there's long lines. You still have an outstanding, outstanding time, but you will learn the fruit of the Spirit called patience while you're there. Two of these guys, Joshua and Caleb, they say, let's go take this land. We could certainly conquer it. I want you to hear this. They had the promise of God in them before they ever went in the promised land. There's a difference. Last week when I was talking about the Holy Spirit, we described Holy Spirit as the promise of God. It is the promise of God to all who will believe, to your sons, your daughters, and your servants. In other words, God has sent us the promised Holy Spirit to come and live where? In us because we are the house, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so they have the promise living within them. So even if they don't go into the promised land yet, they already have a perspective of the promise before they even see it. Because the promise of God is living within them. And what did we say about the Holy Spirit? Whenever he fills our lives, he changes the way we speak, but he also changes the way we... Not just the what... But the how we see it. Not just the what, but how we see it. Some people can look at a job and say, oh my God, that is just too much work. Other people look at it and say, that is my dream job. I would love to do that every day. What's the difference? It's perspective. Some people look at a meal and one perspective is, that's nasty. Somebody else looks at the meal and says, let's eat. Just a difference in perspective. I remember when we brought boiled crawfish up here in front of everybody. There were people in here like grossing out. There were other people in here like, where it's at? Let's go. Let's eat. It's a difference of perspectives. What I love about this 
was that it wasn't just one person who saw the possibility. It was two. It was this Joshua and Caleb, and they really fired me up. And it got me thinking about the verse where Jesus said, if two or more come together, touching and agreeing, whatever you ask will be done. So watch this. Here's the conflict, though. Because a lot of us, we see 10, and we think majority, and so we probably need to go with the majority. Because it's 10 of them. I don't want to be the one that's not with the 10. Because they're strong, like they loud. No, listen, just because it's a majority of people doesn't mean it's a majority of faith. That is so good right there. And there's a majority that's trying to rule a lot of things in our lives. But listen, just because it's a lot of people don't mean that it's a lot of faith. And I would say, follow the faith. Amen? I was expecting a lot better reaction to that. You're too late. Don't clap. (laughs) Got to up my game. So when he says, let's go... It just speaks so much to my heart, and it just brings up that word advance. And really what he's saying is, watch this, we can't stop and settle here. We must move forward in faith. We can't stop and settle. We can't settle for less than what God has because it's too hard, because there's too many giants to conquer. We can't stop and settle. We must move forward. And I found that our perspective causes us to settle for less. We settle with going back, watch this, because we've never been this far before. Somebody in our family has never been this far before. We didn't know anybody that's ever been this far in their lives. And so it's uncharted territory for us. And so we're not familiar with it. So hold up. Come on. We do it in our careers. We do it with our children. We do it in our marriages. We do it with our finances. We do it in our church. We do it with our serving. We do it with our giving. I mean, we could go on and on down the list of all the different areas that because we've never been this far, we stop right there and we set up camp right there. We set it up. Make it comfortable. Settle for half-hearted commitments. We settle for shallow Christianity. We settle for passionless worship. Like this is the stuff right here. This is what happens. We settle with bondages. Just how it is for us. Let's talk about it. Pastor Wade, you don't understand. We come from a long line of this stuff. That's just how our family is. We're always going to be this way. Wow. I thought you loved your children. I do, Pastor Wade. I do. I believe big for them. At what point does your thinking, though, rub off on them? And the same limitations that we put on ourselves, they put on themselves. We settle with unforgiveness. Listen to this. We settle with unforgiveness. I want to say something very pointed, that there's a lot of folks that cannot move forward in in anything. Anything. And it's a root of unforgiveness. It's literally like you are rooted right there. And you can't go anywhere until you finally say, I forgive you. And you're trying to justify your feelings for it. Trying to terrorize all that they've done to you. And you don't realize you have just settled right there. And I believe in order for you to take any step forward, you're finally going to have to say, I forgive them. And you notice there's not raging applause for that line. And I understand why. 
But this is something that we have to understand. When I hold unforgiveness, I am directly in opposition with the plan and purpose of God. Because Jesus came to the cross to offer forgiveness. That's strong. That's a word for somebody here today. So watch this. Typically after a fast is over, we're just two weeks out now. We say things like this, it's finally over. It's finally over. So we have a tendency to go back to the old stuff. I said this last week. Ending a fast isn't about what we get to go back to. It's about what we're stepping into. Amen? So the last few weeks during that fast, purposefully seeking God, we're realizing God's word. We're writing down these promises, jotting stuff down like we never wrote down before. Bible verses that are just hot. You know what I'm saying? Like just, man, that's good. Mm, that's my verse for the year. Write that down. Going to get a tattoo. So when I play guitar, it's right there under my guns. You know what I'm saying? Like all this stuff. But now we have to decide if we're going to walk in it. Like you can hear it, read it, write it and all that stuff. But are we going to walk in it? And here's my question. What is so good about the captivity that we have lived in? That we won't step into the promise. What is so good about all of that life that we've had that we've settled in. That we're willing to forfeit the possibilities and the promises of God. What is so good about this? Like that's the question. What is so good about it? And so it's time to put our faith in gear to advance. Let's go. Amen. So in order to advance though we got to change some perspective. Our perspective must also advance. And how we see it. Watch this. What angle we look at it from. Must change. So I want to give you some advancement perspective today. i got three things. We're going to talk about it real quick, and then we're going to wrap up. Because really, what's going to happen in order for this to change, it's not going to happen here. It's going to happen whenever you leave from here. Like, that's the truth. Okay? So here's the first advancement perspective I think we need to realize. Number one, remember God's faithfulness. Like, we have to start by remembering the faithfulness of God. So here's some things to consider. How many victories has God given you in your life? How many miracles has God done through the years? I want to go all the way back to when you started driving and you were out of gas and you were in the middle of nowhere and you said, God, if you will just help me make it to the gas station, I will give my life to serving you in the remote villages of whatever country and whatever nation. I will do it all for you if you will just get me. And you made it. And when you went in the store, you got a few other things that you shouldn't have got. Lord, if you help me pass this test. Senior in high school, gotta, I got to have this test. I got to get this score so I can qualify for this scholarship. Lord, if you will just do it. And you did, he did it. He helped you and you got it. Now you're in college and you're living like hell. God was faithful. I want you to consider, though, all the things. You remember that time you almost got in that wreck and you told everyone, boy, God just put an angel right there and just stopped that car. I'd be dead right now if it wasn't for God. We forget that stuff, but that's stuff that happened. God, I just need you to open the door. I need this career. I need this job. And God opened the, do the, opened the door and gave you the job. And here we are, we're in a new season, and we don't like where we're at. We're struggling because it's not the way it's supposed to be. And you're like, God, 
I don't know if you can do this. And God's like, you don't know if I could do this. I've been carrying you for years, son. Remember God's faithfulness. God has been faithful to us so many times. He's been faithful in every single season of our lives. No matter how crazy we may have been. No matter how rebellious we may have been. No matter if we were in church or not. God was still there. And you can call on the name of the Lord at any moment and he was there. Remember his faithfulness. So when we remember, what do we do? We recall. I recall the time where I was in so much over my head. But I cried out to God and God reached out his hand and he lifted me up. I remember the time where I didn't think we were going to make it. And so I prayed and God put this person in my life. And it opened the door for me to walk into that opportunity. It never would have happened though had God not put that person in my life. God was faithful. God was faithful. God was faithful in every single season. And if he was faithful, if his track record is faithfulness, where you're at right now, guess what he's going to be? Faithful. We've got to remember, though. And the best way to remember, the best way to recall, is to keep worshiping him for it. See, the songs that we sing do not determine the worship that I give. I'm thanking God without the songs. I'm thanking God for saving me. I'm thanking God for my family. I'm thanking God for the influences in my life. I'm thanking God for opening the doors. And if we sing a song along the way, that just jacks it up to another level. That's all that does. And so the song isn't my support. God is my support, and I'm worshiping him for it. And so the songs just kind of helps it flow a lot more. That's it. i got to remember God's faithfulness, and we don't remember God's faithfulness because we're not worshiping. We're observing. This is so good. Some of you think, man, he's on it today. Here's why. And I'm telling you, this the last week, I've just been thinking, and I have such this heart to help people to advance, but I'm seeing the things that we're fighting with, and I'm seeing the circles that we're going in. And it's like at some point, we can't just sit here and keep throwing out quotes and keep throwing out Bible verses and write another song about it. At some point... We got to go and taste it. We got to go and see it. We got to go experience it. Amen? Amen? Amen. How am I going to get there? I got to remember the faithfulness of God. I feel like so many times with our prayers, we're wanting God to prove his faithfulness. So we test him with our prayers. And the only thing God ever gave us permission to test him in was in the tithe. Malachi says it. That's it. Only in the tithe. That's the place. All the other stuff, it's like God is faithful. God is faithful. It's just a fact. It's just what he does. He's faithful. And when we pray, watch this. How are we approaching God? Am I approaching him like he's not faithful? Or am I approaching him like that's just who you are? You are faithful. So the prayer sounds like this. When we don't realize the faithfulness of God. God, I really hope that you can kind of help me out here. It's hard right now, but if you would, oh my God, have mercy on me, a sinner who just needs your grace. I don't deserve this, Lord, but if you would just please, 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 God, do this for me. I hope you will do this for me. Versus the person who knows that God is faithful. God, you've done this before. This ain't nothing new for you. We might have a different kind of scenery, but you're the same God. I'm standing on your promises. I'm standing on your word. I'm praying that you're going to help me to get through this. You've done it before. I know you will do it again. There's a difference there. One sounds like a grasshopper. Another one sounds like a man of God. 
Amen? God is calling us, watch this, to faithfulness. And watch how this works with advancing and moving forward. Faithfulness produces fruitfulness. If you want to see the work of God, the promises of God, be faithful, meaning this, stick with him, and you'll see it. We're not sticking with him. He didn't do it now. I got to go. I got to go find something else that works. But I got my belief system. Come on now. Remember the faithfulness of God. Here's the second thing. Recognize what God has put in you. This is a good one. Do you realize that what you're dealing with right now, he has been building you for this moment? I need you to hear this. He has been building you for this moment. You said, I can't handle this. Look at me closely today. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Oh, Pastor Wade, I cannot handle this decision. It is too much. Yes, you can. God has been working in your life, and he has been working on you. He has taken you through too much to put all of that in you for you to reach this moment right here and say, I don't think I can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. He has been, listen, every fire, every flood that you've been through, every test, every trial has deposited something in your life that you need it for things right now and for things that are to come. You, you, you got to hear me. Some of y'all are just like trying to, uh, you're trying to process all this. Half of you is mad at me. Half of you is inspired by me. But please, follow along with me. All the lessons, all the experiences, all the relationships, whether they were good or bad, have deposited some things in your life that is more than just an opinion. It is a tenacity. It is an attitude. It is a perspective. And we forget verses like in Romans where it says that God calls us all things to work together. For the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. God has been building you for this moment. These kids are not too much for you to handle. Come on, that job ain't too much. You just forgot what you're made of. Come on, somebody. You just forgot. You let the whole thing begin to tell you, you can't handle this, you little grasshopper. You got to be able to stand up and say, I squash you, grasshopper. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I was made for this moment. Yes, running a business is hard, but God has put something in me that we're going to do this, and we will be successful. Come on. on. It's just a difference. It's a difference of perspective. He's done something in you through all of these things for a purpose. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 1.22, he has identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised. So last week when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, God's like, I'm going to go ahead and make the initial deposit on all the promises I have. So I'll just give you my spirit. And if you get my spirit deposited into your life, all the promises you got access to. That's what he's saying. I'm giving it to you. There are certain situations that brought you to the point you are now so that God can put something in your life that you're going to need next. That is so good. All these different things brought you to the place that you are now because that's the place you had to be for God to put it in you. You say, well, why did God do that? Probably because we were knuckleheads and wasn't paying attention to him. Come on. I've always said this. God keeps putting out invitations. When we don't respond, 
Here comes a situation. You say, is God giving me situations? I don't think God's giving us situations. We do a pretty good job of walking into them ourselves. Amen? All the things you've walked through in your life has shown you that you need him. All of these situations has gotten you to the point of surrender. All of this, all of this has brought you to the place you realize, God, I need you. And you need him to put something in you that helps you to overcome what you're dealing with right now that's going to get you into that promised land. Listen to me. I want to say it again. You've got what it takes. Can I get a better amen? amen? You've got what it takes. Pastor, well, you don't understand what I'm up against. God has put something in you. It's called his spirit. It's a spirit of power, spirit of love. It's a sound mind. It's self-discipline, amen? He's put it in you. And if you will just believe it and proceed with it, you will see the breakthrough. And I'm not just trying to hype you up. I'm telling you that's who God is. Here's the third thing. You've got to realize where God has taken you. You've got to realize where God is taking you. We're going forward. Amen. So we want to step into the promises of God because we're going forward and he wants us to step into his purpose for us. That's why he empowers us with the promise of the Holy Spirit to give you some new vision, new perspective. Why? Because he's got a purpose for it all. He's got a purpose for it. And the next step that you need to take in your life is to step into the purpose of God. That's the next step. I want to step in God's purpose. Jotted a few of them down. Commit to the Lord. Maybe you've never done that. You've attended church, but you've never committed your life to the Lord. That's your step. Maybe you've never been water baptized. And you might be sitting there saying, Pastor Wade, I don't see what the big deal is about being water baptized. And I would say, ask anybody who's been water baptized. And they would tell you it was significant for me. Well, why was it so significant? Because it made the statement, not just to other people, but it made a statement to me that this is who I am. Amen? If you haven't been water baptized yet, February 23rd is coming up in a few weeks. Sign up. Let's go. You can do it. Maybe you've never committed to a church. Get planted. I talked about this week, midweek motivation. If you haven't watched yet, you go back on our Facebook page. And watch our midweek motivation. I talked about the importance of being planted in a church. It will change your life. I'm telling you, it will change your life. Maybe the next step for you is forgiving that person. And you're sitting there, even as I was saying it, like, how many times do you have to say this, Pastor Wade? If you're feeling like that, that means that is a good, clear sign from God that you need to do this. Maybe it starts serving on a team. Maybe it's leading that e-group. There are men in this room that should be leading an e-group that are not. Thankful for the men who do, but we need more men to step up. That's part of you stepping into what God's got for you. Come on. You're praying for God to open a door, and the door is open. But listen, if you don't walk in... It's not God that didn't open the door. Amen? Start that business. You've been contemplating it for years. Let's go for it. You were saying, God, I need you to speak something to me this year. And it just keeps coming up about that business. You say, I don't know how to do it. 
There are great business people in this church that would be willing to go to lunch with you and tell you some things that work for them. There are resources that they can help point you in the right direction, telling you, you can do this. Maybe it's quit that habit. Maybe it's mentoring a person. God's already put them on your heart. You're just afraid to go ask them. Maybe it's asking somebody to mentor you. These are all different things that I think are steps. And can I say this? There's so many things that God's been doing that's been trying to get you to go in a direction. Why are we fighting God? Why are we resisting God? At what point are we going to say, God, let's go. We can certainly take this promised land. We can conquer the giants. And watch this. This is what I found. A lot of times, the giant that is the toughest to conquer is not out there. It's right here. That's why at the beginning, we said change begins with me. We're wrestling with ourselves. Watch this. We're even trying to empower ourselves. You can't give yourself what you don't have. You can put a mask on and make everybody believe how strong you are. But your steps tell us how strong you really are. Come on. Today is the day. Full surrender. God, thank you for all you've done. Thank you for what you're putting in me. Thank you for where you're taking me. Let's go. Every head bowed, every eye closed as we finish up this morning. If you're here today and you've settled, then first and foremost, to those who are away from God, the life that you've been living is a life of sin, a life of pleasing yourself. A life of decisions to do things that is more about pleasing yourself, but at the same time could be displeasing God. To sin is to displease God. And to face the reality today that God has a better life for you than what the sin you're living in provides you. Puts you in the very place of decision to say, which life would you prefer to live? today it's an invitation it's an open door for you to say God I want the life you have for me and I surrender to you today if you're away from God do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and want to make the decision today to follow Jesus with your with your life allow him to be your Lord and Savior without hesitating I want you to lift your hand and I want to pray for you today anyone else this morning say pastor pray for me that's me I'm away from you Lord anyone else you can put it down I see you right there in the middle anyone else I would say pastor Pray for me. Pray for me today. Amen. I want us this morning to join together with those who raised their hand. Because we understand, if you prayed this prayer before, when you gave your life to the Lord, you understand the ramifications of that kind of commitment. And perhaps today you have made that commitment before, but you're away from the Lord and you can just sense the Holy Spirit pulling you back. I want us to pray together this morning. And I want you to mean this with all your heart. We're going to say it out loud. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for loving me no matter what. Thank you for dying on the cross for every sin that I've committed, for taking my punishment so that I can be free, so that I can be forgiven. Today, I open my heart to you, Lord. And I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord to be my savior, to be my leader. I choose now that I'm going to follow you 
every day for the rest of my life. I'm committing today to being like you, Jesus. So I surrender all of my life to you. I'm all yours. And I'm opening up my life to all of you. Thank you, Lord, that I can live my life your way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, why don't you put your hands together for him?